Welcome to the Leadership Network Podcast. Leadership Network is a community of multipliers who gather to collaborate, innovate, and pursue what God has next for His church. Our mission is to champion healthy growth that is capable of reproducing. Thank you for joining this conversation, and here's today's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Generation Next show. We're so glad to have you back. My name is Hannah Gronowski-Barnett. Yeah, and my name's Aaron. And we're so excited to have you back. If you've been tuning into the show every week, you know this is a conversation on the future of the church. Really, we're having these open, honest dialogues about some of the reasons why the next generation seems to be leaving the church, what mm-hmm. the future of the church could be like, and how we as leaders of the church can create a space where the next generation mm-hmm. feels seen and known and welcomed. And so if you're a pastor or a youth leader, or maybe you're just somebody that happened to wander on here sometime, um, we're so glad you're here. We believe that your voice in this conversation really matters. So feel free to drop who you are and where you're from in the chat. Also, throughout this conversation, if you've any questions, feel free to drop them in the chat as well, and we will do our best to answer them. Um, But we're so excited for this conversation. Uh, One thing that we have seen in our lives is one of those transformational experiences Mm. we have received is when there was somebody who was just a little bit further along in their journey towards Jesus, Mm. and they intentionally created space in their life to invest in us, to bring us with them, to pour into us, to see greatness in us and call it call it out. And also mutually, at least I know for us, one of the most transformational things has also been getting to do that for those mm-hmm. coming after us. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in these conversations about the next generation, we can get so focused on the masses, right? Like the, the many people who are walking away, who are leaving mm-hmm. yeah. um, that we can forget about the transformation that matters in the one mm-hmm. in the individual who we are intentionally investing into. And so we thought there would be nobody better to no. bring on for this conversation about investing in shepherding the next generation than our friends, our people, Grant and Cheyenne Skeldon. So friends, welcome to the Generation Next show. Thanks so much, friends. So good to be on here with you guys. It's truly such an honor um, to get to speak to this audience and just to be invited into what feels like a really important and very conversation. So thank you for all the work that's gone into this. 100%. We're so excited. We would love for our people watching, Mm -hmm. even though I'm sure they know a little bit about who you are, just share a little bit about what your technical roles are, but then maybe, you know, why you are so passionate about this conversation on shepherding the next generation. Uh, Cheyenne, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. So I, my day job is working with a tech company based out of Boulder, Colorado called Glue, who seeks to serve the church ecosystem uh, in a variety of ways. Um, And so while I am working closely with Glue, um, in my particular role, I get to partner really closely with Pharma Group, whom I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with with them. They're a Christian research company um, who's been doing research for over 35 years on how culture and Christianity intersect. Um, just trying wow. to give big insights into uh, um, the culture and where we are in current times so that church leaders, ministry leaders, um, volunteers, parents know how to engage the culture um, from a little bit more of a 
um, strategic or just insightful standpoint. And so yeah, awesome. um, that's that's kind of what I get to, to be a part of in my day to day. And then um, nights and weekends are, are reserved to leading with uh, my hubby here um, in the ways that we kind of shepherd the next generation. And I know that's what we're getting into today. So cool. we'll dive a little bit more into that and, and untether that throughout our conversation. Great. Let's go. Yeah. And so for myself, I work for Q Ideas. Um, we're based out of here in Nashville. Me and Cheyenne originally are from the Dallas area. But yeah, Q, if you're not familiar with it, it stands for questions, been around for about 16 years and uh, really tries to help Christians navigate faith and culture. Um, of course, right now, there's so many things going on in culture and not just uh, things that are kind of important. They they seem to be things that are even dividing our nation and mm-hmm. creating a lot of tension, a lot of stress, even a lot of pastors these days almost want to throw in the towel because how many different landmines there are. And so, yeah, Q tries to equip Christians to engage culture in a thoughtful, biblical, uh, winsome mm-hmm. way um, wow. instead of just uh, ignoring it, but uh, hoping it gets better, but engaging in it and creating redemptive uh, narratives instead. And so uh, within that, though, we we also try to find Christians in culture who are in the seven channels is kind of the language we use. So Christians in the business world, the nonprofit space, arts and entertainment, government, and how can we fan into flame the work that God's doing in these different Christian leaders? And uh, when I got brought in uh, about a year and a half ago, we kind of started focusing on the next-gen efforts. And so, of course, uh, yeah, it's been uh, a privilege for us all to kind of create a small family of young Christian leaders that are pastors, but mostly uh, many of them are non-vocational Christian leaders. So they're actors, actresses, uh, nonprofit leaders, professional Olympic athletes, uh, authors, musicians, online influencers, uh, chefs i don't know it's like a lot of random christians that are just doing really cool things any older person that gets to see it usually is really encouraged to know though there are less uh christians maybe in the next generation which is statistically true Mm -hmm. i will say i think all of us have seen there might be less but there's way more uh, passion within each young person who decides to follow christ it's less opportunity to just kind of be a casual christian Mm -hmm. and it's really just waking up a new spirit within the next generation Come on. That's so true. Yeah, it's so great. We're so glad you're here. This yeah. is going to be so yeah, good. This is so fun. And the fun thing for those watching, I mean, we're all uh, actually friends, us four. We are so honored. We get to do a lot of life with Grant and Cheyenne and, and we yeah. love it a lot. So this is this is like, hey, welcome to one of our conversations that we have about how to reach the next generation. Yeah, this is so great. Um, right. Conversations. We just have a camera this time. So that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, what's really cool is, uh, we have been able to do a little bit of life with y'all. Um, I remember specifically being at your wedding and just, um, people talking about both Mm -hmm. of y'all. And in that moment, it was just really cool of the narrative that has grown and even spun even into larger contexts and bigger circles of that. You guys are like galvanizers of leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, you also, shepherd a ton of leaders you bring a lot of oversight when it comes down to the next generation yeah um which is just so inspiring mm-hmm. to see what you guys have built and what you guys are doing it's so cool love that we get to be proximate with y'all but i would love to unpack with both y'all where did that heart kind of mm. um start to really be people that are galvanizers around mission and and shepherding people in that way yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, a lot of it just came out of personal, um, well, not even conviction, it would be more personal desire. Uh, I, when I was 24, like many young Christian leaders, um, especially that have what comes off as somewhat like overnight success or just gets thrust into a lot of visibility at a young age, uh, I, I felt like uh, that had kind of happened to me where I one day was... Uh, yeah, dropping out of college and had a heart to do something significant and just found, my place, found myself in a space where I got to kind of galvanize a lot of young people for a big conference happening in Dallas. Tim Keller was a big part of uh, making that happen. And um, yeah, God really blew a lot of favor on like hundreds of young people joining and wow. going to this. And, and I think part of that is I'm a connector, but a big part of that was it showed me that there's like a itch and a desire mm -hmm. of young yeah. people to want yeah. to be part of like a community, a community with a cause, a community that's like serious about change. And yeah. uh, so I think I was tapping into something that I was like, I knew I had this passion. I didn't realize how many other hundreds of other young yes. people in Dallas uh, wanted that. And, wow. and with that, uh, two days before I got invited to speak on a panel on the next generation. And it's always kind of funny to me because I wasn't on the pamphlet or on the, in the booklet. And, uh, it, was a, it was called a millennial panel because back then that was like the conversation. And there was no millennials on the millennial panel, just the people that cared about millennials. Maybe we're parents to millennials. Um, yeah. No millennials. And so uh, I always felt like that'd be like doing a, a panel on reaching racially diverse communities with no racially diverse <laughs> Wow. Uh, but so I think they're like, whoa, we should put a young person on the young person. Yeah. Panel. Light bulb. So, yeah, I was 24 and I did it. And mm -hmm. um, long story short, God, God really moved and spoke through me. And, and not, that was like one of the biggest, not I know wasn't me because I was mm -hmm. going to go in and really try to convict people and say, you know, you guys are all talking trash on next gen, but what about this, this, and this? And yeah, you know, like, I felt like I needed to defend young people and God really convicted me where I like, felt it in my stomach. Do not go up there and do that. Even if you're right on every one of those points, yeah. don't do that. Like I felt it's like a hole in my stomach. Like that's, wow. You, you make a point, you won't make a difference was really yes. the thinking. And so um, I went in as humble as possible and just said, hey, the best young people I know were mentored by older people that really love the next mm -hmm. generation. If we could just get more to that posture where young people are the older generation, yeah, older so great. the next generation. Mm -hmm. And really two things happened is one, I started, uh, I got probably like, I remember it was about 16 speaking invites in the next like three weeks it was like oh, that was the launch of speaking on the next generation because a lot yeah. of people ask how do you start speaking wow. about young people it's it like you guys know and many people that listen a lot of your best ideas are things that you stumble into and then yes. realize well god's doing something here let me fan yeah. that flame it's not yeah. that strategic until after you see god moving so uh, that's where that happened but what happened is i started speaking all over traveling a lot um kind of being the young person in a lot of rooms and I just felt like kind of lonely. I, I started hearing mm -hmm. that line, leadership is lonely. And, and I felt it. I was like, man, I guess this is just a lot of leadership because you have to be lonely. And I even felt like older generations just kind of, that I, I guess people I was speaking to just kind of said, yeah, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And I just had it in me, like, I really want to fight that as much as possible. And maybe I'll fail, but I want to fight trying to build friendships mm -hmm. with others. Because if, if I'm lonely in leadership, there's other people that are lonely. Right. Right. We yeah. should like connect around that loneliness and leadership, and then we won't be lonely. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty uh, easy math. And so uh, luckily that was true. Um, when we did started doing retreats, we started seeing such a relief yeah. uh, for these young leaders who are like, man, there are others out there that are like me. There are other uh, young leaders that get it. And there is this space where you can take your cape off. You don't have to be on. You're not the youngest in the room. Uh, there's a whole bunch of others that may be in different lanes and even going at uh, different paces, but we're all like serious about the Lord. Yeah. We're doing some really unique things. We have these stories that thrust us into visibility and leadership and responsibility at a young age. And now it's about eight years later. And some of those people at the original retreat, which was 12 guys, I'd say eight, eight of them are really, really close friends to this day. And I would definitely say, I'd almost wish I could see who would I have been if I didn't have those eight guys still in my life today? Because some of them are like some of my closest, closest friends, but I, I think frequently I'm around many of them. So, uh, yeah, we're really dedicated to making that experience in those kind of eight years and who knows what's going to happen in 20, 30, 40 years for that to happen for hundreds and hundreds and maybe even thousands of young Christian leaders across the nation. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah. No, go. Yeah, I would love to hear your perspective too, Cheyenne. I was just going to say that was such a good question and I appreciate kind of the personal insight that word galvanizing just really stood out to me. And I feel like um, Grant did a great job at kind of sharing how almost like experiences that you have throughout life prepare you for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has definitely been true in my own life. And I think it's interesting how God has kind of uniquely equipped both Grant and I in similar, but different ways. Yes. To almost be galvanizers who are both the oldest of three. Uh, so he's the oldest of three boys and the oldest of three girls. Wow. Wow. Being firstborns, there was a little bit of this like, okay, I am the I am the leader of my little pack, you know? Wow. Yeah. And my sisters, we have our own little nickname for us as sisters. Yeah. We were the Patricks. My name, maiden name is Patterson, so we're the Patricks. Um, just, I think those experiences even growing up as the oldest um, being the first one to kind of forge a path, being the first yeah. one to kind of explore mm-hmm. things, um, you do begin to eternalize that a little bit. And so I think it's unique how even from the very beginning, the Lord knew what he had for, for Grant and I. And even in something as, as specific as birth order, I think he was preparing yeah. in our hearts and in our experiences through that from day one. And I think it just speaks to the Lord's sovereignty and how, mm. how he really has worked all of this out. It takes a lot of the pressure off of us, yeah. you know, yeah. as leaders and as people who are just trying to be faithful to the things that the Lord has put before us each day. So I think from day one, um, in our own kind of family units, like there was a little bit of like this, I want to be the one who like, yeah. Say yeah. For the people coming behind me. And I want to be the one who's, who's mm. constantly thinking about that um, and, and being a uniter, being a, a natural leader and not showing up through different strengths and different moments and different seasons. Um, in my own journey, there, there were multiple true godsend people who poured into me, who saw something in me that I hadn't seen in myself yet who called things out. It was, it was teachers throughout school, um, into college. It was mentors. Um, there was a, a woman who, who really poured into me during my four years in college. There, there were a couple of them, in fact, um, spiritual mamas um, who both poured into me from a spiritual component as well as a really practical one. Um, so they were the ones who kind of taught me like, this is how you do all the adulting things. But like no one actually wow. wanted to do that. We wish we had classes on. Yes. We don't. 
Um, and then there were also, you know, there was a, a leadership group that I got invited into um, end of high school into college where um, a man um, who became kind of like my second dad, his name was Mark Healy. And he's since passed, but the impact that he made on my life and the lives of others really inspired me to want to do the same. And so I think that's, that's part of the beautiful legacy as well as, um, you know, the way that God kind of crafts each of our unique stories from the beginning through some of those, like, you don't even know what I'm preparing you for. This is going to be a piece of that puzzle that you carry with you into your calling. Um, as well as those, those people that he puts in our lives that do become like family that give us really um, important experiences and, and these moments of like, I want to be like that. I want to do for, for others, what you've done for me. I want to call out the best of other yes. people. I want to ask intentional questions. I want to, I want to figure out how to create um, spaces for, as Grant was talking about things that we all have these heart longings for, but it doesn't seem like anyone else is, wow. is necessarily approaching wow. us the same way that wow. I desire. Um, and so I would just add that onto the end of Grant's. Wow. Uh, interesting to, to just acknowledge yes. hand in how he's kind of uniquely through our stories equipped us and then the people who have poured into us um, and the situations mm-hmm. where we've seen maybe something missing and realizing oh the lord's actually been equipping me to step into this and to fill this this space yeah. to fill the hole um, yeah. in a really um beautiful way so yeah. i will ask y'all if i can um yeah. i I feel like, I mean, of course, you guys are some of the OGs in this um, community. And uh, I think that, yeah, I'd love to know. It, it probably may be different for each of you guys. Like mm-hmm. everyone gets something different out of these like shepherded communities of young Christian leaders. Yeah. Um, some people it's like, man, I got a, a word spoken over me from this person at the right yeah. time. It impacted me. One, Some people it's like, I literally found my best friend or yeah. uh, our roommate even like we've seen yeah. Or, or husband or wife <laughs> like we <laughs> like find their friends their their spouses their roommates their some of us are like i'm i'm gonna move to your city like i want to be around where you're going or i want to come work with you and work for your organization and help expand what you're doing we've seen collaborations and partnerships but yeah i mean there's a whole bunch of different things uh that only god could kind of like make up uh even yesterday uh, actually this morning uh carrie born headington is a great evangelist um uh, her and Luis Blau uh, helped Abby Raymond and uh, wow. she, yeah, she, uh, Corey, uh, sorry, Carrie texted us right before this yeah. and said, Hey, Abby's speaking at this FCA conference yeah. in Dallas. And, and I know that mentor kind of connected with Abby, who's it's like 18 year old Olympic weightlifter. Um, and she's getting to like share more and share the gospel now through her giftings. And so everyone, yeah, gets something different out of it for you guys. What would you say? Like it's meant the most for y'all um, as you've been like so many, maybe some of them, you got to be at the top of the food chain of like people that have come with so many different uh, of our gatherings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful for them. You know, it's so special. Cheyenne and I were roommates in the very first gathering and, wow. you know, it's just so beautiful. I mean, you were bridesmaid in my wedding, like that, that of itself was such a beautiful gift. Um, <clears throat> but I think, you know, when you first messaged me, Grant, and for those watching, you know, this is how the next generation communicates. We message on social media, like we're not getting email blasts at conferences. Like we're just going right to Instagram. So I remember getting the Instagram message from you, Grant, inviting me to one of the first female retreats, I think that you all had done. And I, I must've been 23, 24 at the time. Mm. And 
I was at this point where, yeah, my leadership was continuing to expand. I was getting a little bit more of like a national platform. And um, I was always the youngest in the room. Mm -hmm. I was always the person that they were bringing in to be the next generation perspective, whether it was, you know, local nonprofits or businesses or churches or radio shows, um, or even then starting to be some national conferences, I was the young person. And although exactly what you're saying, Grant, is uh, although that was exciting and fun, there was a piece mm. of me that was really feeling that tension of where are the people, especially for me, where are the women wow. who are running as fast after their calling as I am? Wow. And you know, giving me a different perspective to not compare myself to where other women my age were at, but to, but to surround myself with women who would actually call me higher and challenge mm. me to go faster and harder after my calling. And so I think, I think the relationships um, for sure. I mean, mm. if we look at our, you know, our closest friends that don't live in Chicago, um, they're all over. Right. And, yeah. and we have our little Chicago community, but in many right. ways, the people that we know are, are running after their cities just as hard as we're running after our cities, they're doing it in cities all over. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, it feels like we have this, this army around us, like mm-hmm. you said, Grant, you know, of just people that we could call up that we can say, Hey, I, I'm struggling with this, or I don't know what to do about this. We yeah. were just on a call yesterday with one of the mentors that we met through um, these gatherings, Jim Shepard, and he was just pouring into us and encouraging us and helping make connections to other people. And so, and that's just, yeah. That's normal. You were on a call with three friends who you met through this community in this yeah. last week, right? So it's like, this has just become our support system in a really beautiful yeah. way. I think for me, uh, a marked moment that I had. Um, so I got to go to one of your events uh, with Q um, down in Nashville. And I was just at an interesting season of my life at that point. I was just feeling like, you know, in a room full of ministry leaders. And I, here I am a guy doing sales at the time. Yeah. And I internally, I was feeling like, man, I don't really feel like I have a place here. I feel like I don't really know if I belong here. And what was really cool is just Grant and Cheyenne are doing some really cool things with fostering community around. Mm-hmm. Like Grant said is like some people grow through really lonely seasons and difficult seasons and hard seasons. And uh, season that, and the national event like really marked me with when I was going through doubt and just uh, feeling like maybe I don't belong here. Um, yeah, a leader came over to me and I was like, man, he's like, hey, how are you? How are you doing? And I was like, man, this I could have easily said like, this is so cool. This is so amazing. This is awesome. What's going on here? Or, you know, I could take the vulnerable route and say, man, honestly, I just feel like I'm dealing with doubt. Yeah. And he spoke into my life and he's like, that's crazy. Cause I felt like the Lord came over, uh, told me to come over to you and tell you like, Hey, you're not forgotten. And it was just really marked me in that moment is like, you could be in a leader, a room full of leaders that are entrepreneurs, business leaders doing running their own nonprofits or Olympic weightlifters (laughs) or people that work on Capitol Hill, you know? Um, and it's just really special when you get in a place of being known and seen yeah. and and empowered to go and lead further faster yeah. uh, together. And so I would love to kind of yeah. put it back to you, Grant. 
Um, when it comes down to, you know, bringing around intentional community, what are some things that you feel yeah. like as leaders, that's really important? Mm -hmm. uh, Cheyenne, I would love to have you talk about this too. What are some things that are really important when it comes down to galvanizing people yeah. together? What do you guys like look for? What do you feel like is really key that maybe senior leaders, uh, yeah should pay attention to yeah. when it comes down to the next generation and their heartbeat for, for, you know, kingdom being kingdom minded yeah. and entrepreneurs and uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. About How that. do you create a community? Like the one that we just described, you all have community or created. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, it was so funny. I literally just made this like list of uh, we're about to do a retreat in the Western region. And so I kind of did a call yesterday with, like about 20 key, very connected young Christian leaders in the West and said, Hey, will you help me nominate high capacity young Christian leaders yeah. for this, this retreat coming up? And uh, I was like, I need to like write down, I have a matrix in my mind, but like I need to put it on paper. So, because they're just going to be sending like all types of people. Like, um, right. so yeah. unfortunately, like I wish we could do this for everybody and thousands and thousands of people, but when it's only a hundred young leaders and it is trying to be, Christian leaders and culture. Um, this is kind of what we, well, I actually have, uh, I'll say, we'll start with the bad and do the good. I feel like that's always good to start. This is what I'm not for. And I don't think every young leader uh, should be invited or is ready to be invited. But even if for listeners, um, I, I think every listener is probably knows someone if they really think about it or is one person away mm -hmm. from knowing a young person who could be discipled, could be connected to something larger um, that you're a part of that could be like you could become an advocate for. And so red flags that show me, okay, maybe this isn't the right person is one, if they're trying to network um, the whole time, that person just no one feels good around that person. Uh, you, they're, if they're trying to build a brand or sell a product, um, then it's like you're going to turn people into projects. They're just a means right. to an end. Right. Um, if you're trying to climb a ladder to at the expense wow. of people, um, if you're very outspoken on matters that you know can hurt or offend, um, I'm trying to unite leaders. I'm not trying to get yeah. someone to, like, wow. yeah, you're going to come in and, and see people that believe other things and can't build a relationship first. But mm. yeah, that's great. Wow. Anyone who is high maintenance, uh, negative attitude, complainer, just one thing can like go off and it's going to change yes. the whole day for them. That's, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> ego, um, <laughs> hurt things. I would say these two is if they're very politically divisive um, mm -hmm. or theologically divisive, then that's going to, again, create tension that's not kind of uh, one of their gossip. Um, and I put on there, this, this is funny, but it's true. I said that they're thirst traps um, as well. <laughs> like, you know, some of these, they're very, they might be Christian. They got a verse in their bio. They're very influential. But I'm like, yo, all their pictures are, I don't know. I feel like they cause anyone to stumble, anyone to stumble male or female. That's a great like, oh. way to put it. Yeah. And so I'm like, uh, let's wait till they're not posting, like, mostly <laughs> pictures like that. And so... Um, but yeah, for, for green ones though, like, Hey, what are green flags for these yeah. leaders? I'll try to be quick on this is, I mean, we're looking for 18 to 35, uh, year old young leaders. I, I love young leaders that have influence in unique spheres. And so like Abby, we love her because yeah. it's like, who knew that there was this 18 year old Olympic weightlifter, um, who's just like a heart of joy in her. And, yeah. um, and there's, there's that space or like, there's a guy, Cody Flom, who's like, a 
razor a, a professional scooter or um there's just like yeah there's all these uh last uh couple weeks ago we did a gen z retreat in this girl that's in uh, high school musical this the new show that disney's relaunched uh she's a christian she's an actress in that and just uh I, you know if they're in a space where we're like wow i didn't even know that there was such a following in that space let alone christian leaders that are representing and ambassadors in broadway or whatever it may be um how much more do they probably feel alone too when like no one's uh yeah it's a very unique niche and so um but yeah always looking for humility i love people that love to have fun uh, just like mm-hmm. they just have a down for whatever type of attitudes like you kind of mentioned if you're getting messaged by a guy on Instagram and you're down to go to <laughs> retreat with complete strangers, that kind of attitude, and you get a lot of people with that kind of posture, right. it's going to be a yeah. fun, especially yeah. if it's actually yeah. is a fun experience. And you got people that are down for any type of experience because they're just yeah. curious, they're interested. Um, and then, yeah, people that like sincerely just love the Lord. It's not just a, I love my calling from the Lord. I, I love right. the Lord. Um, and therefore then I also have a calling. Yeah. Um, and that's the big part of the tension too, is trying to help. Hey, yeah. there's something special you're doing, but this is not what makes you special. Yes. Um, God loves you before you did this, right. but he has given it. So let's like really steward yeah. it. Well. That's really good. Um, I love that. And I, I, I even think, you know, if, if a church leader is listening to this and they're thinking, you know, everything we just described they're they're wishing that stuff happened in their church, in their community, in their young adult ministry, in the small group they're leading. And they're thinking, how are, how are they building these communities where, where people are having lifelong friends? Mm. Like, how are they building communities where people are speaking words over each other that changes everything? Like, how is this happening? Looking for, for people like that. Right. I even, my mind goes to creating leadership teams. Right. So if, if a church is saying, I want to grow younger and you're trying to create, and we've talked about this before on this show, creating like a leadership team to talk with, to meet with, to invest in them, to, to see them then bring the next mm. generation to your church. Yep. I mean, yep. those are fantastic things to look for yeah, when you're identifying kind of the leaders that you want to pour your life into. That's so great. Um, Shai, you're so good at once the people are there, especially you are mm. the, the best of the best at caring for their hearts about seeing who they are yeah. and also casting vision for where they could go. And I know it's been a personal journey for you too, as you've gone through your own process of, of growing and, 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 and healing in such a beautiful mm-hmm. way. Like mm-hmm. you take your leadership so seriously and then you call other people to do that too. Um, so for those watching, they're saying, okay, I think I want to do this. I want to start gathering some people in my community. I want to look for those Mm. that Grant just described. I want to, I want to build a team like this, a community like this right in my own area. Mm -hmm. And then they have them shine. What do they do with them? Like, how do they actually invest in them in a way that's not just shallow, but really goes to the deep places where they need to grow? Yeah. That's such a great question. Pam. Thanks for um, teeing it up in in such a, a sweet way. I think two things immediately come to mind. Um, and a lot of this comes from, for, for this particular audience, I know you two know this about me, but I'm particularly interested in soul care and yeah. spiritual formation, mm-hmm. particularly of leaders. And there's kind of a whole backstory to, to how God has kind of brought me to that place where I've been able to, to communicate that in a really clear way. Um, but as I think about those two things, the, the ability to prayerfully listen mm. and not be one who feels like they need to fill the space with words 
and to almost like leave it a space and a conversation for the person just to share whatever's on their heart. Um, I think silence is an incredible tool. I think prayerfully listening to a person's story and not just what they're saying, but, but wondering and praying about like, Lord, what is that that's behind what they're actually saying? Wow. You know, we often say as leaders, like, what's the question behind the question? And that's often like what we try to, right. Right. to get to as leaders. So it's a same on a one-on-one conversation. Yeah. Um, it's trying to understand like, what is the thing that's driving that? Um, and then as you're prayerfully listening, get really good at asking good questions. Yeah. Like, ask a question and then stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes as, as leaders who, who we can fill space and we are gifted communicators, yes. um, we feel this almost like sometimes it's almost like an anxious mm. pressure to yeah. like see, have the answers. We need to be able to show up. We need to be able to, yes. to if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes be the hero and yes. what, what the gift of that silence and that space and just perfectly listening is it actually allows um, some margin and actually invites the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus, the Lord, to, to come in and speak in really unique ways. And, wow. in conversation. and so uh, those would be the first two pieces I would say is like get, get one-on-one. Um, a smile changes everything, facial expressions, just being a warm, listening presence. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a natural introvert. And so for me, um, going into a large group of people can feel a little um, draining and almost intimidating at times. But if I can keep in mind, like, hey, before I meet you, I already like you. Like, yeah. I've already decided in my heart, I like you. People feel wow. that. People really sense that. And I think when we see at the stories of Jesus, I think that's how Jesus made people feel. Mm. It wasn't this like you have to earn my my love or you have to earn my admiration. You have to earn, you know, to a certain degree, even even my respect for you being a fellow human being. Wow. Yeah, everybody with this, like, I love who you are. I love where you're at. Let's let's talk about like what are your interests? What are your passions? How are you uniquely gifted? What what are the things that the Lord's done in your life that are these little threads, these little patterns, these continuous, you know, maybe it's a, a continual word that's been spoken over you. Like, what do you think that means for, for this next season? And you know, it sounds like this is something you're really learning. You know, what's what's the next layer of that? Like, what do you think the Lord is inviting you into? Um, and just creating dialogue, creating um, the sense between people that there is safety to be vulnerable, that yeah. you're not going to be judged or hammered down if something doesn't perfectly align with a certain, yes. you know, like this is the the right theology or this is the right thing. It's like, let's show up as humans, how Jesus yeah. is going to show up. And then let's let like the Lord and scripture and his word and his presence inform where we are to bring us to the next level. So Wow. Um, those are just a few of the things that I've begun trying to practice is that prayerfully listening, asking really good questions, and um, just trying to, when you meet someone, just already decide that you like them. Just let them know, like, wow. I appreciate this about you. I noticed this, and that's really unique. That's mm-hmm. cool. Like, where did that come from? You know, just being curious. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard anybody say it like that before, but that is exactly the warmth you give mm-hmm. is when you walk up to somebody, you already like them that. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, so true. honestly, wouldn't so that just change our world if we actually all chose to enter into it like that? Right. And, and I, I just think that is such a tangible 
like takeaway, mm. especially when new people are coming into our communities. Let's say again, this is somebody who's leading a local church community or leading a community in their in their area or trying to build something and new people are walking in. And so often, even as leaders, we're on like, we're on accomplishment mode. We're, we're mm-hmm. going as so we see the new person and we're like, okay, hi, you know, let, let's check off all the boxes. I introduced myself. I said, hi, I welcome them to our community. But did I communicate that I like them? Like, did mm-hmm. I, did I meet them with this warmth that made them want to stay? And yeah, I, I just think that's so yeah, that's good, totally. Cheyenne. Um, the- one thing that I kind of like think through with what you talked about, Cheyenne, was like mar- you brushed on the word margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's um, what's really cool about you guys, what I love and uh, deeply respect is like you guys not only create environments for people to feel seen and known and to flourish and yeah. to thrive and to get community, et cetera. But you guys also create margin, even in your own life. Um, Grant, I know you do this like all the time. You're jumping on calls all the time Mm -hmm. with people, just checking in, catching up, um, et cetera. With a lot of margin, sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes we can become depleted Mm -hmm. uh, if we don't have any left over. How do you guys shepherd a whole generation? (laughs) But then how do you put rhythms or healthy rhythms into uh, stay healthy, to grow, to thrive um, yeah. for uh, each one of you guys. Yeah, it's good. Okay, um, go first, man. Uh, yeah, one, you'll see a house behind us that's like ugly. Um, <laughs> and that's not, that's like our decor choices. Um, so I, I, basically, we just moved into a new home, as you guys know, but not everyone else listening does. So, uh, I would say our rhythms are definitely thrown off the most they've ever been. Uh, so I wouldn't say this is like, man, this is what we're doing right now. Cause it's like, just you guys know again, but this was a home full of tons of wallpaper and bro, yeah, even for y'all, y'all we're like, yeah, I don't know. It's been, I think it's been a week plus and we still have rooms left where it's like, Come on. it's like, and I'm telling y'all, we wake up early to do it before work and stay up to like 11 doing it. Wow. And, and, and if you might be like, Oh, you should pay someone. And we, we did. And they saw, they were terrible. <laughs> Like, they destroyed the whole wall. Like we have to get it. But I think, yeah, I think when it's a, uh, a normal week, uh, cause we have like a, yeah, a three week window till we move into this thing. So it's like, gotta be ready. But um, I think for me, it, I've noticed, I just, I've got to, we do Bible reading uh, differently, but not together. And so like, uh, for me, I've got to be on a plan. Um, mm-hmm. I have to, uh, ideally, even with people that over the last year, year and a half, that's something I just discovered about myself that uh, there's a book called The Four Tendencies, which I really like and just learning how you put into practice new habits. Uh, it talks about how some people are upholders, which I would say Cheyenne is, mm-hmm. and that she, and some people can decide that you're going to do something or not do something and just do that or not do it. For example, like I'm not going to eat sugar for the next three months and just see what happens. Some people like see me, I would maybe decide to do that, but I would be ideal if I did it with people. They're like all four of us. We commit to it for real. I'm holding you accountable. Like that's way better, probably for everyone. But there are people that can just uphold, and that is a smaller percent. But I'm more of an obliger. And when I when I saw that, there are two others, but I'll let you read the book or listen to podcasts about it. But when I saw that, I was like, you know, I'm gonna build a community around reading the Bible then, because uh, I've always just I started realizing that. 
prayer, which is just so important, not just to see God move, but especially to create more intimacy with God. I, there's a deeper connection I think you have with God. Uh, when you pray regularly, you know him, you can hear his voice, you you know who you are more. Uh, there's a, I think it was Leonard Raven who has a quote where he said, no man who is intimate with God will be intimidated by the world. Um, and I think those intimate times come through through prayer and then that impacts yeah. who you are the rest of the, the week. And so I think prayer is big. I think uh, being the word is big. Um, but those two things are things that no one really checks on too much. We all assume and hope, right. especially if you're a right. Christian leader, that it's happening. But we don't really even equip practically on the, hey, what, what does that look like to pray for you? Because um, yeah. it be different for different people. Like, uh, I really do pray like, I feel like maybe not without ceasing in the sense that there is never a gap, but I really pray. I feel like 50 times throughout a day because yeah. it's a lot of little moments that it just comes very natural to pray. Yeah. And there's others that maybe that's not the way that they would pray. And I, I know a guy who I highly respect named Dimas Salaberios, and he prays like the 5 a.m., like 5 a.m. I'm going to pray for two hours to start a day. There's times when I would think that's the way you should pray or that's the most holy way. I would say it's one of the most sacrificial ways, at least. But I said, how do you pray like when, because I don't eventually run out of things to pray for. And he said, well, I go on prayer walks. So it's like, I'm walking around my city. And one, you're not going to fall asleep because you're walking. But two, you just, things get triggered of what you want to pray for. And you start making prayer lists. And anyway, for me, it has been, um, I, have a, yeah, I have a list of, people that I'm like wanting to check in on and, and that I'm wanting to pray for. Um, and I have, a uh, what is it? And then, yeah, I have a my, more of a Bible study plan, one chapter a day. Uh, she's more of a go through the Bible in a year. So that's like four or five chapters a day. Um, I, I'll let her share on that, but I, I can't, I want to go, I want to go deeper into a shorter amount. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't finished the Bible in a year. So there's just, again, different, methods for different people yeah that's good yeah such a great question around margin because it's it you have to be intentional about it yeah yeah there's nothing in our culture today that naturally gives you margin and so let's just call a spade a spade and say like if you want margin in your life you're going to be the one who has to fight for it um for those of us like myself who are highly structured and we like that, I will literally put a block sometimes in my calendar. Um, even for work, that's it's just margin where that is almost my time for deep thinking. I put a busy block on my calendar so that no one schedules over it. And I will literally sometimes just go to the whiteboard and even, you know, prayerfully like, Lord, this is what what strategy? Like, what is what is the next thing? Like, what am I missing? What is and and so just both in our work and in our personal life, creating um, structure around where is the margin. Um, and I would actually encourage someone who's like wanting to do more of that, take an inventory, like look over the last, you know, one, three, four, five, eight weeks and say like, where, where have my like moments of margin happened? Um, where am I needing that more? Do I need it more in my personal life? Um, and usually the indicators of that are like, Hey, my, my relationships feel, feel tense or like, mm-hmm. I've not checked in with my best friend in over a month or some of those like really telltale signs of, okay, I think I need a little bit more margin yes. like maybe in my personal life. Maybe it's you inwardly just feel exhausted, which I think we can all, um, raise our hand and say like, I'm feeling a little bit like that in, in our own season. Grant and I are both reading, um, John Eldridge's book resilient right now. And it's been such a gift because he talks so much about, um, how in this moment and time, 
that the Lord has placed us coming out of COVID after two, three, four, you know, seemingly years um, of being isolated and stressed to the max and coming in with trauma, we're all exhausted. And I think sometimes we are far harder on ourselves than the Lord is. There's a verse in Psalms that, that says the Lord remembers that we are dust. Mm-hmm. We are created in his image, but he remembers that we are dust. And so I think sometimes we are way harder on ourselves and we have sometimes higher expectations of ourselves than the Lord does. And so I think just taking a moment to, to receive that grace and then say, okay, Lord, where in my life do I need margins so that I can be more like you? Absolutely. Not in the things that my hands are doing, but in the way that my heart is, is grounded and postured that I can be, you know, John Mark Comer talks so much about this being a non-anxious presence. Yes. In this world right now is, yeah. is such a mark of Jesus. It yes. is a mark of I'm living my life differently and creates an innate curiosity. Yes. Yeah. who they themselves are not experiencing that. Mm-hmm. So I think margin is one of those ingredients that comes into being yeah. a non-anxious, non-anxious presence. Um, Annie F. Downs, who, who hosts a podcast and is just an incredible human and, and Jesus follower in her own rights. Um, I remember she was sharing this thought on Sabbath one time on one of her podcasts, and she, I think, had borrowed it from someone else. Um, but she was saying, if your day job, if your work is mostly in your head, then on your Sabbath, do something with your hands. But if you work throughout the week is something with your hands, do something with your mind on your Sabbath. Wow. Right. Balance of, you know, uh, for Grant and I, both of our jobs are so much kind of strategic and relational. So I actually think in a weird way, this home renovation project yeah. that we're in right now of stripping wallpaper and sweating and moving things and tearing yes. down, I think it's actually been really good for our souls, um, mine in particular, because it's given me this chance um, to slow down and to, yeah. to be present in a really physical, tangible way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for any church leaders out there who your you know responsibilities and your day in, day out are similar in which you're strategic, you're relational, you're in meetings, you're on a computer, you're sending messages. It's like, how do you get out into the world? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. maybe connect to God in nature. Um, maybe doing something like Demos does where you go on a prayer walk where you're yeah. moving your body, you're in nature, you're around things that don't require you in order to thrive or survive. Um, that is so a really healthy reminder for those of us who are leaders who the Lord has equipped us and called us to, to make a way and to make things happen. Sometimes it's nice to be in those physical reminders of like, oh, not everything requires me. And there's actually there. Um, yeah. And there's there's, there's peace there and there is comfort there. It's just a reminder that the Lord is actually in control. Um, so good. And so I, I would say just as an encouragement from, from one friend, from one sister to another, yeah. fight for the margin. Like yes. the Lord came to save your soul. Like he came to give you life to the fullest, not just to the cross, but from the cross so that your life would, would be such um that it would call others that it would make them curious about what it is that you're, you're doing, that you're living. Um, and yeah. so doing, doing that from a practical standpoint from all of the spiritual rhythms and, yeah. you know, being in the word, letting that be literally the, the river of life that runs through you and out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, having moments of prayer for me, um, that looks a lot like breath prayer. And so when I'm feeling moments of anxiety or stress or I'm rushing, um, which, 
lately has felt like almost all the time. It's like, okay, I'm just going to use my breath as a reminder that like the Lord, the Holy Spirit is wow. even nearer than the breath that's in my lungs. And that brings a lot of peace and a lot of comfort. Um, even in moments where maybe I don't have, you know, an hour to sit in a corner and journal really intentionally, mm. or just Lord, what is it that you have for me? It's inviting him into those everyday moments. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. I love that contrast of whatever you do, do the opposite for your Sabbath. Um, because there have been seasons when Aaron has been more of the like hands type job. And this is the first season I would say in our relationship, we're both in the heady strategic, we're on our computers all day long. Uh, and so, you know, one thing that we've seen be really helpful in this season is, and I didn't even know this was going to be helpful for our rest. It didn't sound like it would be to us, right. but uh, we're running the Chicago marathon in October um, with world vision. And literally when we first started training, we've both done marathons separately, but they were years back. And so as we have been going out and we love where we live, like we have a great place to run. We're a little bit um, like we're two blocks away from a 26 mile um, path that is in Chicago. That's along the the lake and the beaches all the entire 26 miles. And so, which you're so proud of, which I'm <laughs> so proud of. <laughs> have to drop, yeah, every episode has to have one <laughs> Chicago fact, you know? Um, and so, but it has been so good for us. Like the very first time we went for a run, you know, it was like, we had worked all day. We're staring at our laptops and we're like, Oh, we think we need to go like start this training. And we went out and at the end of it, we got back to our apartment and we're like, mm. this is going to be so good for us because it's this forcing of, you know, don't, right. don't do something that you have to control, right? Like go out and see nature, run, use your bodies, experience life, see other people and just exist in your own body and feel what it feels like to run, feel what it feels like to feel the wind, see the water crashing against the sand, right? Like it's just this different kind of experience. And so um, that has been an amazing discipline for us that we again, stumbled into, but I mm -hmm. love that contrast because that really connects with, yeah, I think why that has felt sure. so refreshing. Um, hey, we're, it's, it's wild, but we're almost out of time with this conversation, but I think what I would love to kind of end with and everything you all have shared has been so powerful, so good, so valuable. You know, a lot of this conversation, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we pastor a generation and also pastor ourselves in a, in a way, right? Like how do we, how do we do both when we know the demand for the next generation is so big. And at the same time, we mm -hmm. have to be healthy in order to pastor them. Well, you know, for, for a leader watching who might be discipling young leaders, who might want to disciple young leaders, who maybe is afraid of discipling young leaders, or maybe they've never even thought of it. Like they're just, they're just in their routines. They're, you know, waking up and they have a wife and they have a job or um, their husband is, you know, doing that and they're doing this job and they have, you know, five kids or they have a church they're leading or they're doing the business world and trying to volunteer at their church. Like their life is busy. Um, what is one thing you would want to encourage them with of how they can just be a shepherd to the next generation in the midst of the normal everyday life they find mm -hmm. themselves in? That's great. Yeah. Um, I would say that you could mentor them, of course, where it's you meeting with them or you could disciple them where it means they join you in your world. Um, I wouldn't just, anyone, especially if they're doubting what they have to offer, I, I tell them, 
instead of thinking of it as a meeting where you pour in and have to be like a great expositorial preacher or counselor, um, think of it as a shadow. Um, what I mean by that is like, Hey, could you have someone who shadows you? Someone like who is your shadow? Um, that apparently, yeah, like with a with the disciples back then, that's kind of what they. There's some language even around the idea of a shadow. Like they they just literally followed them, yeah. their rabbi everywhere. And so um, I would say think. And if you want to even be more strategic, think what are fun things that you're doing that you're like, man, if someone else was here, they would enjoy this too. Yeah. Make sure that's a young person. Try to find one young person that has some promise in them and um, say, Hey, would you want to go see this movie or with me? Or would you want to go on the lake? I'm going to do this. Or or even if they're not into it, even if they're like, yeah, they're in Chicago inner city and you're like going to Kenosha swimming uh, to go fishing. And you're like, I don't think they fish. I think you might be surprised how many young people are willing to try new things just because like, I've never tried that. Sure. Let's go hunt. Yes. Or let's go hiking. Let's go, do something. Uh, they say that women connect face to face better than men do, and men tend to connect shoulder to shoulder. And so, uh, for guys, I just even encourage, yeah, don't don't take it lightly to think that's not spiritual. I'd say, uh, yeah, inviting young people into that's new great. experiences. Uh, those are giving moments where things are caught more than they're just taught. Yeah, um, and then, lastly, however, you can like see something special in them or something unique in them and their mm-hmm. character and their gifting and saying uh verbally like sharing with them hey i've noticed this about you i've seen it enough times to know this isn't just a one-off this is kind of a part of who you are and i just want to tell you at your age that's not normal um anything you can do like that uh will they will not forget that that will be one of the highlights of their day that someone older just took a moment it's literally free to do this Mm -hmm. for your staff for your kids for any young person you have a relationship with um, to just share like, Hey, I, I saw this in who you are. And I just want to tell you, I, I don't see that all the time. Um, and I definitely don't see that at, the, at your age. And just want to, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so great. Great. And I would say too, you know, it's funny with the home renovation and things being an utter mess. We had a friend who came by the other day and I felt a little, um, a little like, oh, they're going to come in and like see our mess and, and yep. see it. But I actually think that's a beautiful um, analogy for discipleship is sometimes we want people to see and engage with the finished product, you know, quote, unquote. We want them to to be invited into the parts of our lives where we feel like we've got it figured out. And so then that's always a a fantastic place to start. But I actually think there can be more um, learning to to borrow from Grant's, uh, what he shared at the story of like side by side. It's like, it's okay to learn things together too. It's yes. okay to not have to have all the answers to not be the expert, to be the one who's trying to figure things out and to invite people into that with you. Um, you're not practically with a, a, a young woman in her early twenties. And she came to me with a bunch of questions as we were going on a walk together. And she asked me um, a question about, you know, this particular spiritual practice and what my, like what I knew about it, what my experience was. And I was just honest. I said, that's such a great question. You know, I've not really studied that either. You want to study it together? Yeah. And so okay. together, let's do it together. And I think sometimes um, that for me feels just as life-giving as the person that I am quote unquote pouring into is that we actually get to learn and be on this journey together that I don't have to be the one who's arrived and everything who has all the answers, who's had it figured out. 
like let go of the sexy, like let go of the, everything needs to kind of be in place or moving in the right direction. Like invite people into the mess. You think that that's where one, we connect a little bit deeper because as, as my own individual, I know I'm not perfect. So if I perceive you as someone who's perfect, it's really hard for me to connect with that because I know I'm not, but in those moments I'm like, Oh, this isn't finished yet. Or this is undone. Or this is messy. Or, you know, I actually saw you mess up. Like, yeah. I feel like I can connect with that. Like I actually awesome. get that. That feels real to me. And so yeah. I trust you more. Like I'm actually paying more attention because you seem real. Like that actually seems like I can relate to that. And I can, I can, that I can learn. I can apply that. I think sometimes, you know, I talk with my youngest sister a lot and she's like, you know, I, I have the vantage point of like being able to learn from yours and our middle sister's mistakes. Yeah. So she had to walk through that room, not because she saw the finished product, but because right. she saw the mistakes as they were happening. Right. And so just as an encouragement to any leaders out there, like if, if you have messed up in front of somebody, be, yes. like let that be an encouragement. Yes. That actually can be a huge gift. And if you're someone who's a little bit more perfectionistic, like I am, and that can be a little like, oh, that feels really intimidating or, you know, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready for that. Like feel free to, to just have a little bit more open hands around that and invite them into um, the fun things that Grant mentioned are fantastic way, the messy things, invite them into the mundane. I don't think things have to be this big, huge, sexy thing. There was a couple that uh, mentored us who were just so near and dear to us in in Dallas. And we would go over for family dinners and there are four young boys running and hollering and screaming and those are some of my favorite memories. Yeah. That was when I saw what it looked like to be a mom. That's what it what I saw what it looked like to pastor your own kids. That's when I learned and got to see from a different vantage point. Wow. Um, that if you asked that couple, they probably didn't even know, know that that was how they were pouring into right. me. They, right. they had no idea that that was something I was picking up on. And so, um, I was the messy and the mundane are also great opportunities. Uh, to, wow. You know, people who are younger, people who are a step behind you into and, and be willing to, to take the humble seat and not always have to be the leader to not always have to be the teacher, but also to sit and be a student, just a fellow student, a fellow learner, a fellow journeyer, um, wow. younger than you as well. What a beautiful way to end. Yeah. So powerful. Wow. Cheyenne, thank you so much for that. Um, you guys are incredible. Uh, we love you all so much. If people wanted to find where you guys are at, stay, in touch with what you guys are building, what you guys are doing, where you're headed, uh, where can they kind of find y'all? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for myself, Q ideas is dot uh, org for Q um, grantskelton.com for myself for like any type of speaking stuff. But then I think for, yeah, for both of us, luckily there's just, I've never personally ever seen the name Skeldon anywhere. So it makes <laughs> it funny. easy on social media, but yeah, Grant Skeldon, yeah on every social media platform and then Cheyenne Skeldon on social media as well. That's great. Cool. Well, Hey, it was so fun. This was great. Um, You guys uh, crushed it. It was so great to have a fantastic conversation about shepherding the next generation. So thanks for coming on, on the, on the live. So we appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys so much for those watching. Thank you guys for joining. We're so grateful to be on this journey and we'll be back for another episode. We'll see you guys then. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Network podcast and joining the conversation for what is next for the church and its leaders. We look forward to connecting with you as we bring our questions, contribute our wisdom, and pursue what is next. Visit leadnet.org for more resources, information about leader cohorts, and more. That is leadnet.org.